Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode eight of the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about ways to make your sketchbook more interesting. And it proved to be an epic topic. So I had quite a task of editing it down to just one hour. In fact, I failed miserably. Meanwhile, in case you're interested, our next episode is going to be all about how to deal with negative feedback. And I'm sure that this is something all of us has experienced at one time or another. So do listen out for that one. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Anyway, for fear of making this episode any longer than it already is, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. By the time this podcast airs, the April Art Challenges are going to be in full swing. I want to thank everybody who's taking part and sharing their work, especially in our really lively Facebook group. Also, just to let you know, we've been making some tweaks to our website. We noticed that it wasn't really working that well on mobile. You couldn't see all the challenges. So now, really hope that it's really easy to navigate. So if you go and have a look on there, you can see everything that's coming up for the new year, not new year, for this year. And you can also, you know, also realize that we're going to be adding challenges all the time. So keep on having a look there. And the best thing to do really is sign up for our newsletter and we'll let you know what's happening in the next month. So what what have we got happening today, Sandra? Just a quick mention, Cheryl Martin, we're getting lots of messages from people on our Facebook group. Um, Cheryl Martin was one of them. She has suggested a poetry challenge. Um, so we're going to be looking at that for later in the year. So um, like Tara said, we, we will be adding various challenges. So watch this space. Um, Tara, I want to ask you, how are you getting on with the April challenge? Well, it's obviously really early because we're recording this. It's the 4th of April in the morning. So mm. I've only done three drawings so far, but I've been so far doing imitation April. But as I mentioned before, I'm going to switch between the three challenges. And I am I am liking it, I think. I'm not totally committed yet. But what, what I was saying to Kay, I think it's KD, who's in our Facebook group, we were talking and saying how much you can actually learn about art history because I really hated art history at college. We used to have this um, this woman, and we called her the she-devil. Um, <laughs> and it was I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that TV program called the she-devil? It rings a bell, but I can't remember what it's about. There was this, um, it, she was like quite a big woman with like long hair, and she was very scary, and she turned into this she-devil. And we all thought this art history teacher looked like her, and she wasn't very nice. So <laughs> she, she, she didn't know that was her nickname. But anyway, everybody used to try and skip out and not go to her lessons because it was quite dull. But we, we were thinking how if you were to do an art history lesson like this, because basically everybody art college they just want to paint and draw so if you'd have got us all sort of looking at art and then we had to create a piece in the style of a certain artist it'd have been so much more fun yeah it really would I, I totally agree funny enough I um, art history is something I wish I had done 
Um, not with the she devil. No, not with the she devil. But when we went to college, when I went to college, um, yeah, I I actually found that really fascinating, and I was asked to to look up uh, the Blue Riders and research the Blue Riders. And Who's that? Who's that? well, they're a group of they were a group of artists, um, and actually, Kand- I think Kandinsky was one of them. Paul Klee was another, and there was all these different ones. And actually, a couple of your ones, I think you did a Kandinsky, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And I felt very clever because I was thinking, oh yes, I know Kandinsky. What? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, you should look them up. And it, it was quite good. I think there was about, I think there were seven of these artists. Um, they kind of created this movement, and um, I found it really fascinating. And, and I was quite surprised at the time, thinking I'd, I'd like to have done art history, but because I did a lot of research myself on old. Know the ways of painting classical yeah. paintings. I did learn quite a lot actually. So there are various artists I, I do know of, and every now and then, I can pretend to be really intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I actually quite like it. But it's like you say, it's such a good way of learning um, a bit of art history. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But I was actually looking at um, Google Culture. You know, there's that little app. Have you seen that? No. Basically, Google have got an app called Google Culture. It's also a website. And it's it lists artists by – you can either search by artists, search by movement. It's really good, and it just tells you a little bit about each one. Um, but I was looking through some of them, and I have to admit, some of them are just complete rubbish. You've got to admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, I have a, a different name for Jackson Pollock. I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah. But I use I use a different surname, but everyone's to their own. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's not the painting; it's the fact that he made. I presume I don't know. I haven't. That's one person I haven't really researched. But you you sort of think these famous artists have made a, a lot of money. You'd think, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. uh, and, and you kind of think, hmm, that's what I don't quite get. Uh, you know, you'll get someone yeah, spending a lot marketing, of maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. it is a big marketing. But yeah. yes, I'm doing the um, quick kicks challenge because I want to get a new sort of painting started soon. Because obviously, as you know, I've just sent my other one to Massachusetts and it got there yesterday. Um, and I, I kind of need to get something else on the go now. But if I'm going to do that, I need to get. I need to put a challenge. I need to set the, the challenge to be something that will fit in around that because obviously the, the painting is my biggest priority. Then, um, yeah. so I thought I'll do the kick, quick kicks. Um, it's actually really hard. Some people are interpreting it different ways. I've noticed as well because some people are almost doing continuous line drawings. It's not absolutely fine, whatever way you want to do it. But I'm sort of thinking of it as more just sort of ten strokes of a pen um and like we said the stroke sort of is classes putting from the minute you put your pen on the paper to the moment you lift it off so if you can do it in one continuous line then hats off because I'm rubbish at that some of the the um, drawings that people are showing us I think have been really good um but I'm once again I know I said I was going to follow the prompts didn't I you did and you didn't did you no day one I looked at day one and I thought nah <laughs> you wrote them. you wrote this lot <laughs> I know but it just depends what I feel like at the time I I really love uh figure drawing as well and I, that's what that is something I really want to work hard on um and I think that's why I kind of are doing these 
these dancers, I think, because you, you've got all these different positions and stuff. And yeah, but doing it in 10 strokes, that's really quite difficult. So, but it's, you know, it's, it's quite interesting trying to do it. We've got a real mix in the group of what people are taking part in, haven't we? And it doesn't seem to be at the moment. I mean, we are only on day four, but at the moment, it doesn't seem to be that there is one particular challenge that's the most popular. Whereas in March, I think it was definitely five minute March was the winner, wasn't it? Yeah, Um, I would definitely, I would say quick kicks again. Do you think? Yeah, I purely think because, I mean, I actually had a go at quick kicks last night. I just didn't post it because it was very bad. always says we need to share everything (laughs) but but do you know what I did though I did share well I did did one thing we're going to talk about in in this episode today I did a very bad one and then I covered it up with a piece of paper and did my Matisse over the top I love that Matisse one did you I really really liked it Uh, I mean, I know that was one of three, but that is my favourite so far. I loved it. I like Matisse. Um, but the, trouble, like the only trouble I do, I do find with, with that challenge is I do really feel like I'm copying, which I know I am. I'm obviously taking mm. influence. And I guess what you have to do is... Well, you're emulating. You're not yeah, copying. Yeah, so I'm not copying his paintings, but I'm taking kind mm. of his style. But I suppose what you have to think then is if, if you like one of those things you're doing, like say I enjoyed the cut paper maybe, then you've got to then try and develop that and make it your own. I guess that is, that you know, the long-term thing is that's well, yeah, the idea I mean, behind it. I think I think it is a really, really good um, challenge to do if you are looking for your style because you try things that perhaps you wouldn't normally. I'm sure you wouldn't normally cut bits of paper out, stick it down and think, oh, I'm going to try and, do you know what I mean, or do any kind of Picasso-type thing, but you're doing it and, like you say, you, you there's elements of it you like and elements you don't. And that might help you find your style. You never know. Even though I think you already have one. <laughs> God, here but, we go um, again. <laughs> but yeah, so you certainly don't get bored on that Facebook group at the moment. Yeah, There's just definitely. like all sorts going on. It's it's really great. But um, today's episode is all about how to make your sketchbook more interesting. Um And we've got lots of suggestions that help make your sketchbook into a work of art in itself and something that I think everyone is going to want to pull off the shelf. Um, I just think it's nice to turn a sketchbook into something individual and something that's fun right from the get-go. Yeah, so how about you? Yeah, well, I have I have these two things. So I have these sketchbooks I'm doing for these challenges that I like to try and keep, well, keep most of the stuff together, I guess. But then I'll also have like a a naff old, you know, cheapy sketchbook that I'll just doodle and whatever, you know, in. So I, I guess I have two kind of things. And I, and I think one of the things you need to think of, so like the one I doodle in will just be a, a cheap, I think it costs a pound, ring bound thing. Uh, it's just cheap cartridge paper. And then for the ones I'm doing for the, you know, these challenges, I'll use a moleskin that's got, it's a watercolor moleskin. And that's got watercolor paper in. So what you need to think about is what you're going to use this thing for. So, you know, if you're just going to be doing sketches and sort of dry media, then, you know, a cartridge sort of paper is fine. Anything sort of smooth and is absolutely fine. But if you're going to put water and washes on it, you need to think about getting a heavier weight, maybe a watercolour book, something like that, because otherwise they're going to, you know, buckle and not be very nice. I don't know. What sort of thing do you use for your work? Um, uh, well... 
I spent probably about thirty pounds on the sketchbook I'm using wow. now. I know, but it's it's a hardback and it is really big, which I like. Um, but I was really disappointed to find that even though I have the size and I have the book that you know the hardback and all the rest of it, the paper inside it just ripples with even the tiniest amount of. of moisture on it so I was so disappointed about that um, and also when I draw with ink it depends what pen I use but it sometimes it just bleeds through to the other side which is really really annoying so I, I tend to just use pencil in this sketchbook it's a bit boring really um, but there are some really really lovely looking sketchbooks out there have you seen those um, like gorgeous leather bound books that you can get in places like WH Smith they're the ones like you normally find on the plastic stand and they look like they've come straight out of like Hogwarts or something. Uh, yeah. Should be full of spells or something. And they look absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Have you seen them? Well, I've got one actually uh, on my bookshelf and um, I was going to talk about it later, but it, that's, I think it's leather. It's actually um, my partner's stepmom got it for me and it's got handmade paper in it with little flowers pressed into it. You know, oh, it's lovely. To draw, but it's too good to use. So <laughs> it sat on my sat on my bookshelf for about ten years. Oh well, surely now you can start using it. <laughs> but some some of them, not obviously not that one, but there are some of them that they look beautiful. Yeah. Um, but like you say, they are then very scary to draw in. Exactly. But the but the quality of the paper isn't always all that. Um, I've looked through some of them and it, they're great for just writing in or if you're just journaling or whatever. Yeah. But if, if you want to use it as a sketchbook, you do have to look inside and look at the quality and the thickness of the paper. And, I, you know, ideally you want to be able to add watercolours at the very least, you know, or ink. Um, I know that the next sketchbook I'm, I've got, well, I've just bought it actually. I'm hoping it's going to be a good one. It's Strathmore. And I think that one it does say it can take various mediums, so let's hope. So the next thing to decide on Well, I was just going to go back. When you were saying oh, about markers, using markers in that thing, if, mm. I've got, if I've got a cheap book, you know, a thin paper, just stick a bit of computer paper underneath it if you're going to use a marker. It doesn't bleed through then. You're just going to bleed through onto the, the cheap paper, either tracing paper or, you know, computer paper, put it underneath. Yeah, that's a good idea, but I I like to use both sides of the page. Ah, okay, got you. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I'll sketch on one and then I'll turn it over and then I'll sketch on the, the, the right. back of it. Yeah. And that's what's annoying because obviously you're drawing on it, but you've got this other thing coming through. So yeah. that's why I find it annoying. Oh, I but don't like yeah. using the other side. I can't use the other side. <laughs> <laughs> why not? I don't know. But you, you get double the... No, I don't want to use the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you take my sketchbook. It's got sketches and everything. It's got like about five on each page and um, both sides. Yeah, no, it's, I, I like to use every bit. Um, but the other thing to decide um, is whether to choose a ring binder or a hardbound sketchbook um, and also whether to go for a softback or a hardback. So let's start with the benefits of a ring binder. So I suppose you can pull the pages out. So if you make something really dodgy, you can just pull it out and chuck it away and no one needs to know. Um, and you can flip the cover right back on itself and that makes it easier to handle when you're outside and obviously more rigid to draw on. But problem being, the rings can get in the way, especially if you're left-handed. And I only know this because my son's left-handed and he tried to do something in a, uh, write something down in a ring-bound book and he couldn't do it <laughs> because his... If you're left-handed, the rings just get in the way. All right. Weird. So think about that one. Yeah. Um, 
it's really difficult to make a sketch across two pages as well because obviously you've got these rings in the way and they're bulkier to carry around. And I've had them in the past and you sort of take them out your handbag and it's got all sorts of crap sort of all <laughs> caught in the rings, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, whatever. Wrappers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another downfall. And um, obviously they're more fragile because quite often the rings can get bent. Um, so you can obviously get sketchbooks that have got hard covers, but you can also get the paperbacks as well. Um, personally, I only use those paperback sketchbooks in the studio for like rough, roughing out compositions and things like that. Paperbacks are a lot more flimsy. They're really easily bent and damaged if you carry them around so if you want your kids one day to find your sketchbook um, up in your loft then you want it to last and if you seriously want to create a, a series of sketchbooks and go for a hardback if you look after them they, they last for years I mean they're really sturdy for a start they can take a real battering in the bottom of your handbag um, and quite honestly I think when they do look a bit battered I think they look more interesting anyway it's easy to create a double page spread. They're much easier to carry around because you haven't got those bulky rings. And obviously they're ideal for left-handed people. Personally, I don't think there are any cons to a hardback. You can't tear a page out. Well, that's not the end of the world and you can't fold them backwards. But apart from that, it's certainly my own preference. So what about you? What do you like? Um, it depends again, like the cheapy ones I use, like you were saying, you know, in, in, mm. the, in the studio. Well, I, I don't really care with those. I'll have something, it's got a, it's got like a thin card cover, not not a hefty thing. So, yeah, I don't really worry about those. But if it's something I want to keep, the kind of moleskins, I don't know. I don't know if you call those hardback or softback. They've got a reasonable amount of bulk to them, I guess. So, yeah, they're, they're things you'd want to keep. So, yeah, it all depends what I want to do with it, really. But if it's for these sort of challenges, that sort of thing, where I might want to keep them, yeah, I'd rather go for something a bit better. Hear a lot about these moleskins, and funny enough, I've had moleskins and I don't like them. Oh, anyway, right. it's really strange. I I had a um, you know, the smooth. I think when you open it up, the the paper in it is quite smooth. It's not a hundred percent white, yeah. But the paper is so smooth. I don't like it. It's got no. It's almost like drawing on an iPad. It's really slippy, <laughs> and I I find it really odd. And I tried to find one once with watercolor paper in it, but I could only find um. It was a really weird sort of shape and it was really small. I haven't yet found a moleskin with, that's big enough that's got watercolour paper. I don't know if I'm missing something. Yeah, they, they do do A4 ones. I know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? You get oh, one on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, I'm using a little one. It's only like 13 centimetres by 10 centimetres, yeah. which I prefer because I think if you're doing something every day, if you keep it, well, for me, if I keep it small, I can do it quicker. Mm. what I want when I do every day but yeah I'm sure they do A4 I'm not sure about bigger than that but I've only I haven't used the sketchbook ones only the watercolor paper ones and I've only started using them recently actually but yeah they're quite expensive aren't they, they as are, well yeah I mean I think the little one was about a tenner and it's, it's only tiny but I do like it I did have a for the last challenge we did I had an A4 watercolor one and that was really cheap I mean it was got 40 40 sheets of paper in it and it was about that was about a tenner, which I thought was pretty good for that. Um, but they did just stop making those, and that was a company called Mozart, M O Z A R T. Uh, yeah, Mozart. Oh, yeah, might be Mozart. Mozart. Oh, that one. <laughs> <way. laughs> that takes me back to, uh, yes. to a previous episode. Yeah. We won't go into. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, do you uh, want to go on to colours? Because it depends whether you want to use a white sketchbook as well, or are you still talking on that one? 
Have I interrupted you? No, no. If you want to talk about colours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> colour of the paper inside, you mean? Yes, exactly. So, you know, you might want to go for a plain white sketchbook or you could go for you could go for black, grey, tan, or a pale colour. Now, sort of the moleskin I'm using, that's well, that kind of whitey, creamy sort of colour. But I do, I do really like using coloured papers. So what I've been doing for the challenges is because I want to keep everything together, I'll just, you know, cut cut a piece and stick it in stick it in the book. I and mean, you can make your own sketchbooks if you're that way inclined. But a couple of papers that I really like, there's this um it's called Curtis Ward Bockingford Rainbow Mixed Shade Artist Watercolour Paper Pad. And that's got um, really pale watercolour papers. Have you tried these? No, I've never even heard of them. So they've got, um, in it you get, I think you only get about 10 sheets, but you get like a cream, a very pale blue. It's kind of a pale greeny colour and a really pale grey. And they're they're not... They're not they're not dark by any means. They're very, very pale, but it's just really nice to start on that surface, you know, with, with sort of a colour to the surface, a bit of tone under there. And then you can just add those white highlights that really sort of bring things to life at the end. And I think we were talking about the Strathmore. Is that the one you you were just talking about? The tone to me? Yeah. Yeah. The- yeah. We were That's t- what I've bought. Yeah. Um, I've got those as well. We've got you can get a Strathmore toned mixed media paper and they come in both tan and grey. They're a bit darker than the ones I mentioned before. But again, quite quite nice to use. They are, they're a lot smoother as well, whereas the the Bockingford, the pale watercolour, that's got a bit more tooth to it. Are we onto the cover? Yes, the cover. And it's funny. <laughs> we, we kind of started briefly talking about this earlier, didn't we? And we've got kind of, you were kind of, horrified when I suggested <laughs> to cover the cover <laughs> and I and we, we've got really different opinions because now I remember when we used to go to school and we we're about the same age aren't we so I, I wondered if you used to have to do this as well but at our school we at the start of a new school year we'd get our exercise books you know they're just boring old exercise books you get and one of the first things we had to do is we had to go home and cover them and I used to love it. I used to love that because it was kind of it was kind of our chance to make it uh, make it individual to us. And we can do the same with our sketchbooks. Um, and it's a way of adding some personality to the cover and making it instantly look like something more curious and worthy of looking at. But you were, like I say, you were horrified when I suggested that. Why? Why is that? Well, I remember covering those books, and I always just think, what a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> And I used to get this. Do you remember that Fablon? Do you remember that stuff called Fablon? No. It was like sticky back plastic, but it had a pattern on it. And I just wanted them covered as quickly as possible. And so, <laughs> being me, being me. So we used to try and cover them with Fablon. And could, have you ever tried to get that on without getting any bubbles in it? Well, no, because I've, I've never sort of heard oh. of it. <laughs> No. Anyway, so, so this fablon. Is it like the, is it like what you put on a mobile phone? You know, the screen cover where yeah, you've got to sort well, of yeah, you know, but, scrape the bubbles out. But it's actually sticky. So what it what it was was like yeah. a kind of plasticky sort of sheet, and then mm. you'd peel the backing off, and the whole thing was sticky. So you'd have to like start at the edge of your book, and you'd be trying to flatten it down, and you know one bit would be trying to stick to the other as you're trying to do it, and it it just drive you nuts, and you end up with wrinkles in it. Anyway, so I used to hate doing it. So 
if I can admit, I've never, ever covered a sketchbook. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody who's so creative, I would have thought that at school you would have loved doing that. I hated it. I didn't mind doing drawings and, you know, inside stuff, but no, never, ever interested in that. Um, The thing is, you got told off for drawing inside the books didn't you? But well, well, you weren't told off for covering them. Well, I remember doing this exercise. I think it was French it was for. And I thought, the only way I'm going to get a good mark in this <laughs> in this project is if I do a nice drawing that goes with it. And so <laughs> I, remember, I remember drawing. It's a project you had to hand in, and I kind of remember drawing a horse or something to go with it. And I got a really good mark. And I don't think it was for my French. <laughs> But no, I like it. I think it adds a bit of personality to the cover. Um, I've been put off buying some sketchbooks in the past because the cover's a bit naff. So um, you can always make it more interesting uh, by covering it yourself. So um, have you seen those Reeves canvas covered sketchbooks that you can kind of paint on? Have you seen those? No. All right. So I'm sure it's Reeves and you go into any any art shop and um, I'm sure most of them have gotten. Some of them are really big. But what they've done is they've actually made the cover or, you know, the the back and front cover, they've made it out of um, canvas covered board so that you can literally bespoke paint it. You can do what you want with this, with the cover. The only trouble is while I love that idea, I'm, I'm not sure that the paper in those can take anything other than, you know, pencil or pen. So I don't think it will be for everyone, but you can easily cover any sketchbook and make it your own. I think it's nice to make it look like, something that somebody would want to pull off the shelf so if it's on your I don't know on your bookshelf and somebody will look at it and think oh what is that and <laughs> want to take it off do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> so so come on then I know that All it's right. not your thing well, but if you had some ideas yeah. to cover well my, what would they be? my sketchbook did actually get covered last night yeah but right. not in the traditional sense right. it got covered by a Labrador <laughs> <laughs> Because I left it on the sofa. I'd been I'd been drawing, right? And my dog didn't used to be allowed on the sofa, but about a year ago, when we'd had a few drinks on a Friday night, we we invited him up, and it's sort of stuck since then. Oh, that's legal, yeah. isn't it? I Once know. Get them up. Yeah. So anyway, um, last night he'd he'd been sitting on the sofa with me. Then he got down, and then I'd been doing my drawing for the for the challenge. Um, so I had bits of paper everywhere and I put my moleskin down on because we've got like a corner sofa. I put that down, went out of the room to loo, come back, there's the dog lying on my moleskin. But if you'd have covered it in Pritt stick first, you could have had a nice hairy <laughs> cover. <laughs> but, but proper suggestions, if you don't want to cover it with your Labrador, you could cover it with brown paper. That What you could do that would actually be quite nice is you could do a doodle on the brown paper in black and white, kind of John Bergman-ish. Yeah, I got it in. <laughs> got it in. Or, and and you can tell this is your suggestion that I'm reading out. You could punch a <laughs> punch a hole in the cover and add a ribbon or a tag. <laughs> yeah, kind of like you know, you know, if you if you um wrap something in brown paper and then you put one of those old fashioned post office tags on yeah. it. Yeah, and you could like then you could write your name and address if found or whatever, or rather if if lost. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> you, you know when I'll be doing that, don't you? Go on. Never. <laughs> Go, on. Go on. You must have some better suggestions. Well, I love the idea of covering um, 
covering it in something like um, like newspaper or, or pages from a novel or like music sheets or something like that. Um, but even, and this is another thing I think would look really interesting, is you're going to laugh at this. Yeah. Even like old shopping lists or other scrap bits of paper you find with your own handwriting on. I don't know if you've got like a man drawer. We have a man drawer in our kitchen and it's full of, it's full of man stuff and bits of metal that are really boring. I don't know what they are. But there's also in the bottom, there's like old bits of paper that people don't know what they are. So they just throw them in the man drawer. Um, but, you know, and you've got little old bits of handwriting on it. Remember to feed the dog at 4.30 or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And you could, you could literally use all these little bits of um, scrap paper and use it as like a collage even. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And cover it that way. And it kind of makes it a bit individual. Now, if I was sitting on a train, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm on a train or anything like that and I see someone because most of the time people are on their phones, aren't they? They're just sitting there on their phones. Um, yeah, I don't get or that. Or don't get that, yeah. Yeah, they, they sit on their phones or they're on their iPads and doing presumably some work or whatever. And then you get the person who's got a book in front of them and a pen and they're doing something in this book with their pen. And I, I'm so nosy. All I want to know is what they're doing. <laughs> and... Even if I have to make a trip to the toilet, I, I just want to see what they're doing in their book. And and I've done that before. And this this woman, she was doing, it was literally doodling. Um, she was just doing patterns. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I found it really fascinating, though. But if there was a woman or a man drawing in a, just like a boring old, you know, black book, yeah, I'd still be intrigued to know what they were doing. But then if there's another book... And it, the cover's really interesting and it's like, you know, there's handwriting all over it. I'd be even more interested. I'd really want to have a look at that book because you can imagine if it's that creative on the outside, what's it going to look like on the inside? But that's just me. I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit sort of nosy, I suppose. But that's why I think it's quite appealing to try doing that. It, it makes it your own. It makes it look a bit more interesting right from the get-go. See, I actually now would not want to cover my book because you're going to get weirdos <laughs> trying to look at it. <laughs> weirdos yeah, like me. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, have you heard of decoupage? Decoupage. Uh, decoupage. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> I'm sure it's called decoupage. It probably is. Anyway, that, that's similar to collage, isn't it? But I know you can seal the whole thing in. Yeah. With with um with glue, and I was watching these videos yesterday. I was swatting, swatting for the podcast, and a woman was using, which I thought was quite a cool idea, um paper napkins, and she'd got like um, ones that it'd got like flowers and stuff on them. She'd cut those out, and then she was using, she'd like torn off a top layer, and then was putting this decoup decoupage decoupage it'd be funny now if i'm wrong and you're right (laughs) yeah she's putting that glue over the top but i was thinking instead of that a really similar idea is i've been experimenting with some tissue paper i I saw these youtube videos on people using um painted tissue paper and then they use them in mixed media but what i've done is because i'm not overly keen on getting the paint out i've just used ink tense pencils on the tissue paper and then i've put water on it you know, to sort of try and get an effect. But you could take yeah. those, you could decorate them yourself and then um, glue those down to the paper because you get like a, it's quite thin then. It doesn't sort of take up much 
you know, it's not like you've got bits sticking out. So if you painted your sketchbook in a, in a single color first and then started putting your bits on top of that, that could look quite nice. Yeah. And I think actually adding glue over the top of, you know, what I suggested about scrap paper and that you'd have to glue them on, obviously, but it might be a good idea to glue over the top because it seals everything, doesn't it? It stops it being able to be ripped off. Or you could use sticky back plastic. Oh, I haven't heard that. I have not heard that phrase since Lupita. (laughs) The the days of the spaceships made out of the fairy liquid bottle. (laughs) So another another one you could do is you could cover your book in uh, fabric or you can get those fabric paints or or fabric crayons or even plain old acrylic paints will work absolutely fine on material I remember in the past I remember painting t-shirts with acrylics and painting I remember painting an old blouse years and years ago an old white blouse um, with flowers I can't believe I wore that but I did (laughs) (laughs) was that back in your art college days by any chance you know I think it might have been just after art college days or around that time yes how about you have you got any more ideas well, handmade paper, I suppose that's another one, isn't it? Um, but you can actually buy handmade paper, like Indian paper and all this stuff, um, which would be nice. But, yeah, I mean, there's lots of ideas. I mean, comic books, comic strips, anything you like. I, I just think, um, personally, I think it's a lovely idea. <laughs> I definitely, because my book, the book I'm working on at the moment, is just plain black. and um, I like black. It's boring. Oh, it's a bit boring, though. It's a bit boring. So I'm going to cover my back, my black book. Um, but I'll tell you what else I'm going to do. Because, like I say, the ink kind of bleeds through, so it's very much um, pretty much mainly pencil. I want to find ways of making my inside page, you know, pages more interesting. And I'm going to wait till I finish the book, and then I'm going to go back, and then I'm going to start adding interest. So... Yeah, hopefully I'll find a few ideas. But anyway, just still, just quickly onto the cover still. Another idea I thought would be quite nice is adding like um, almost like a Polaroid photograph. Remember the old Polaroid? Oh, yeah. A photo of yourself, uh, like a headshot, and then secure it on the front with washi tape. You've got a really um, nice photo, actually, haven't you? You could use a really nice signed photo of me. Oh, yes. I could make you a sketchbook, <laughs> a bespoke sketchbook <laughs> with your face. Oh, that was so funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so something like that would be really good. A really silly face. Um, secure it with washi tape. Silly face. <laughs> well, I'd like to think you don't normally walk around looking like that with your tongue hanging out. Uh, but... Just in case nobody knows, this was I, I did a silly selfie for one of the challenges that the word was selfie and Sandra thought it would be really funny to draw me um after I because I posted them online and so then I sent her through the post a nice signed photo of me that she could keep forever (laughs) yeah it's brilliant I laughed I I couldn't stop laughing when I received that it was so funny but yeah um so I think that'd be a nice idea putting a photograph of yourself on it um and washi tape, I've got, I love washi tape, but I'd only heard about it recently and I ordered some. Have you got any of that? I've got some somewhere. I've never actually used it. Why is it called washi? I've no idea, but it's all sorts of patterns and colours and little tiny stickers and long strips and all that. So it's, I like it because when you want to secure something in your book, it's just a lot nicer than sellotape. It's just more interesting. But one more idea as well, if, if you've got a hardbound book, 
you can write on the spine. So I've seen this before, like on a black book, if you, it's written in like, you can buy those um, oil-based white thick pens, can't you? Or there's metallic pens or whatever. Um, but you can write on the spine. So maybe the date um, or rather the year that you're using that book, um, a volume number, if you feel like making a series of books and your name or whatever. Um, but if you imagine, if you want to you know, one day have like a shelf full of your sketchbooks and maybe you, you want to aim for a volume of, ten, you know, 10 volumes or something and you could have them all kind of in a row with, with the spine showing and you'll know straight away what they are. I do you know, I've actually got a load of idea books and they're all black. Which it, they're not really sketchbooks. They're just like silly things. So I might put in ideas for stories, ideas for little product ideas. But I, so bad, they've just got freezer labels on the front and it says book one book two <laughs> well i hope you're gonna do something oh, about that of course i am right <laughs> on the actual pages themselves have you finished on the covers i have yeah onto the actual pages so if you feel daunted by by the blank page you can always create a background on your sketchbook first and work over the top and i call these pre-messed up pages um, there are lots of ways you can do this, and I think you've got the first suggestion. Well, yeah, so um, you could try laying down a random wash of watercolour or acrylic before you start. And I wouldn't be able to do this in my book because it would um, ripple all over the place. But as long as you've got a book that takes that kind of medium, you could you could certainly try that. So you could actually do that on all of the pages before you even start using the book. And if nothing else, it will at least obliterate that sort of scary blank page but you can experiment with backgrounds and then you can work over the top of them so for instance you could stick different surfaces onto your pages uh, with double-sided sticky tape and draw over them so as an example you could sketch over a music sheet um, or you could draw on the page of a novel or, or on the sheet of a newspaper I know I keep talking about newspaper and things like that but I once saw somebody do some beautiful charcoal figure drawings on a sheet of newspaper and then she framed them and they were beautiful they were so lovely and they would not have looked the same if they were just on white paper so you could literally just cut out surfaces of your choice and, and stick them down you know in in your sketchbook and create backgrounds that way um, we've mentioned it before, but you can use tone paper, colour paper, black paper, or you could even use found surfaces, like you could use bits of an envelope or a cardboard box or hessian. Um, I was looking at some origami um, papers the other day. Have you seen them? They've got all sorts of... Mm, all sorts of Colours. Yeah, all sorts of patterns on them as well. Oh, no, no, no. So they're all patterns. So I guess you can also get like the Japanese papers that have already got patterns on them. So you could try working on top of one of those. And I did actually, when we did Art Journal January, actually there was a journal that actually came with all different surfaces in it. Um, it was called a Ranger Diner Wakely Media Journal. And inside it, it had got, and I'm not quite sure what burlap is. What's burlap? I should look that up. Anyway, so it's got burlap, canvas, cotton rag watercolour paper and craft surfaces. So I thought that was quite a nice idea because at least, you know, you start and the book's already obviously bound together for you and you've got these different surfaces to choose from. And I almost went for it, but then I chickened out and went for a, a plain one. But yeah, it might be something to look into. Um, we also had some suggestions in our Facebook group to use cling film on top of watercolour to create a nice effect. Uh, and I tried this out. And what you do is just lay down a wash 
with um, say a few different colors of watercolor and while it's still wet you get some cling film lay it over the top and then start scrunching it sort of together so you sort of move your fingers inwards and then you leave it to dry like that and then once it's dry you take it off and you've got all these little kind of white bits and little cracks and it's quite a nice little effect anyway so that might be something you could try in the background I've tried that um, you can also try using salt to create texture. Haven't you done this? Yeah, yeah, watercolour I have. Um, I wonder if it works with, I, I would imagine it should work with acrylics as well or inks because basically the salt is just drawing out the moisture, isn't it, from around itself. So I should think that would work. So what, what sort of effect did it give you? What that does is when you sprinkle the salt onto the the wash, it pulls the water out from around it. So it almost creates these kind of like um, little areas where there's no pigment. So for instance, again, if you wanted to, uh, maybe if you were trying to create an effect of a wave crashing against a rock or something like that, it kind of creates an effect of just just little spots with no pigment, right. but not just spots. They're, ran, they're kind of quite, they're soft and they all merge into each other. So it's, a, I think, the thing to do is just experiment, but I would recommend not using table salt particularly. I mean, that's fine, but um, I would say perhaps something a bit more coarse than that. So, so we on to the actual sketching? Sometimes we can fall at the first hurdle, so we just simply don't know what to draw. And your sketchbook, you know, it doesn't have to be just used for sketching. It can be a playground where you experiment with your drawing tools and your mediums. So, for instance, if you wanted to try that salt, and cling film you know well use your sketchbook to try it out you don't have to just create sketches on every page um another thing you could do is you could make lots of little boxes on a page um, and fill them with all the different marks you can make with with your mediums i mean i remember having to do this for art college and i was amazed with just how many different marks you can make with just a pencil alone and that was one of our things we had to do is take an HB pencil and create as many, fill as many boxes with as many different marks with just that one pencil. And it, I learned so much from that just by changing the angle of your pencil or the pressure. It's quite surprising, actually. If you're, you know, you could try the same with inks, brush pens, pastels, whatever. So that's another thing you could try. And if you're really stuck and you want to sketch, we'll just start with something random, any old shape or squiggle, and then try and use it as inspiration. I'm sure I've seen you do that, actually, Tara, haven't I? Yeah, you, you can do what I've done before is like create a big squiggle. Like, so, you know, it goes on quite well and it loops over each other. And then you kind of maybe put faces in it or you could, I'm not really one for patterns, but you could fill it. What's this thing called? Is it pepper? Zentangles. Yeah, you could yeah. fill it with that, or I say like I I'd put sort of little faces in different bits, but you can fill it with anything you like, really. And that, that's similar to another thing you can try, which is um, you either you take some coloured paper, you rip or cut it up just into random shapes as a starting point, and then maybe stick two or three down on one page of your sketchbook. And then I'd create maybe four or five of those at a time and then come back to them. And I'd do this in the mornings. I used to do sort of little doodle sessions. And you'd look at it and you think, what could that be? You know, what do those three blocks look like? Or what could I draw over the top of it? And then you just start and I'd do a continuous line drawing sort of. And it might be partly going round it, partly going over the top of the colour paper. And some of them look really nice because you've got this really strong colour and then this black line. Some of them look a disaster. But, yes, yeah, um, I'd, I'd done one of them. And I, on Instagram the other day, someone said, oh, I really love those. I'd buy it. 
And I thought, you know, it was just a, like a five-minute doodle. So, yeah, definitely something you can you try out. And by doing that as well, you don't have to feel precious about it because it's it's just call it a doodle and then it's not a proper drawing and you haven't got to worry. You could also try using something completely different to what you would normally draw with. So, for example, and we had to do this at college as well, you could apply paint or ink uh, using different tools, so like sponges or twigs, feathers. I mean, the list is absolutely endless, isn't it? But it's a really great way of experimenting. I remember once watching an art program. I think the new series has just started and I've got it on record. Are you watching... Oh, what's it called? The big the portrait painting one. challenge. Oh no, I've recorded. No, no, that's just finished. I've recorded that one. Okay, so so I watched the last series of that, and a lot of the artists were quite tight and careful. They were all given a mop, basically a mop and a bucket, <laughs> and they had to dip their mop into this bucket of paint and paint with it. Now, obviously, I'm not suggesting that's a good idea in your sketchbook. What's <laughs> <I don't laughs> like a little A4, was it? A4 sketchbook. <laughs> but um, basically, it was an experiment, I think, to help them kind of loosen up. It meant that they had to stand right back because obviously the, the handle was really long. But they really, really enjoyed it. They loved the experiment. So sometimes just trying something new and completely ridiculous can be, you know, can can give you quite surprising results. You could watch YouTube videos. There's so much stuff on there about different things. If if you even look up art journaling, art journaling seems to be so many different techniques of stamping, rollering. So watch a few of those and try things like spraying inktense pencils with water. You can also look at things like using wax resist. So you either get a candle or like a wax crayon, draw on your page with that and then apply a wash over the top wherever you've got the wax resist obviously the paint won't stick and there's masking fluid as well like we said when that is you just take a brush and apply it it's a real smelly stuff mm. isn't it i hate it reminds it. me of copy decks glue yeah um so you paint i never did get on with that i never got on with it well the only trouble i found with it i used to use it years and years ago when i sort of paint watercolors but it's very it gives a very hard edge we've I think we've mentioned stamps, haven't we? But, um, you know, you can actually buy stamps. Some people use them just to date their pages. Even that, I, I quite like it. I've seen it quite a lot online and I really like Jen it. Jen does that, doesn't she? Jen, who's in our group. Yes, yeah. I really like that. I, I really like that look. You can try creating textured backgrounds. Um, you can try laying down um, something like bubble wrap or lace or even string. And then what you do is you then pull it off once once your medium's dry and it creates all sorts of textural effects. But once again, you know, it, it's something you just need to experiment with. There's loads of things you could try, do you know what I mean? But the, the thing is you've got to make sure it's totally dry before you pull it off, otherwise you won't get that effect. But, yeah, all, all these things, they make for a quirky and eye-catching page. So even if you do do a sketch that's not that great, it'll still look really interesting when it's drawn on an unusual background. Yeah, lifts it, doesn't it? There's something about it, yeah. that, that, that bit of punch of colour in there. I don't know why. Mm, yeah. But, I mean, obviously one of the things you're probably going to be using your sketchbook most, mostly for is drawing and sketching and the ways to make that interesting too. So if you like putting more than one drawing on, on a page, you can just let them overlap. Um, something about that, you know, it makes it less precious, but it also gives it something. And that is KD in our group. She did that with the five-minute drawings. And I just love the way everything kind of merges together slightly. It's really nice. 
I've actually got a page like that in one of my sketchbooks. Is I drew, I drew my foot. I was sitting there. Well, I think we were watching TV, and I think Paul might have been watching something I wasn't that interested in. So I started drawing, and I was I was just drawing my foot. The first drawing didn't go that. It just wasn't quite right. So I drew another one just directly over the top, but in on a different. I basically turned the page around and drew another foot and then I turned the page around and drew it again and I just I must have drawn my foot about five or six times and it was just one was overlapping the other and it turned out to be one of my favorite pages because it was just really interesting it and you couldn't even notice that the, there was anything wrong with the first foot because there were so many others and it, I really like that page. So, yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um, another thing you can do, and this is especially something with sort of journaling, is incorporate things from your day. And I know you did this. I think you've mentioned it in the past. You did it with a Mars wrapper. But you can put sweet wrappers, tickets, anything like that. You can put that on the page just as a starting point and then work over the top of it. So you, you've got something about putting borders around your pages, haven't you? Oh, yeah. See, now... I've seen this before and I've done this before as well, um, where you can just draw a really nice border around every page. But if you've got several sketches on one page, you could draw a border around each one of your sketches and then fill the space between them with black or any colour, any colour you like. And that really makes each sketch stand out. Um, sometimes your sketches could overlap the border so it looks like it's coming out of the box. So, for instance, if you can imagine... I don't know, say a square border that's been drawn around a plant or something like that. But if you allow some of the leaves to come out from the border, it can really make it look as if, um, you know, they're popping out from the page. It's really simple, but really effective. Uh, cover bad sketches with post-it notes. Um, that's something I do from time to time. What you can do is say, for instance, you get a, a, a sketch that you do and you, you you quite like it, but you can see that, I don't know, the eye isn't right or there's part of it that just isn't right. Instead of trying to cover it up completely, you could stick a post-it note in your book, just covering the bad part of the sketch and then draw it again over the top. So then you've got the little bit underneath that's not so good. And then you've got the top bit, which proves, yes, I can do it. <laughs> and it makes it makes it a bit more interesting as well, having these little, little things you can lift up and think, oh, I wonder what's under there. Or you could just write silly little notes across it like I do sometimes. It all creates a bit of interest. Writing is really good in a book, even if you can't do beautiful writing, which I definitely can't. I did this thing where I took a piece of craft paper, just ripped it out really roughly so it got a really rough edge, and then just wrote something. And I can't even remember what rubbish I was writing, but it was just very, very random. Stuck it down on the sketchbook and then started working over the top of it. And I drew a pair of Wellington boots over the top of it. But it's just something about having that writing showing through it, it just adds something but then you can also incorporate wor words out of magazines and this goes back to the idea of collage again and I, I've done this and worked over it with um, those Lyra pastels they're like a kind of waxy pastel so anything if you're going to do that you can either leave the words showing or you can you know partly cover them up and I kind of like to partly cover them up you can also create cut out word poetry put those in your sketchbook and then create a design around it have you ever done cut out word poetry no no i have done poetry in the past but not not, not from words cut out of a magazine no do you know what it is yeah yeah, yeah. yes no you you ought to explain it to anyone who doesn't know so all you do is basically flick through a magazine and you cut out any interesting phrases or words that you see 
Uh, and then when you've got to load them together, and you'll need quite a few, you start sort of seeing if you can put them together anyway to kind of make an interesting phrase or a little poem thing. And you get some quite fun stuff sometimes. So once you've got the bits you like, you can either then you can stick them in your sketch sketchbook if you want and kind of work around them, create a design. Or if you're really good at calligraphy, which I'm not, you can just use those basic, you know, for a starting point for a design. So you could actually write them out yourself and, and maybe just put the words at the side and sort of partly draw over them. But it's quite it's quite a fun thing to try. Mm. You can also, on the same drawing of I was talking about the Wellington boot with the text, you can also add a funny one-liner, if you can think of it, to go with your drawing. You, you've done loads yeah. of these, haven't you? I love these. <laughs> so you just take a really ordinary drawing, like a pair of Wellingtons, but then you put something silly on it to make it have a little bit of a slightly different meaning. I think mine, Wellington Boots, said something like, you know, love is your partner cleaning your Wellington boots. Because my partner had done them for the weekend. But then I'll put at the bottom, P.S., they are dirty again if you're reading this. You know, just something. (laughs) (laughs) Just something. And he did actually read that and I did get them washed again, which was very very (laughs) useful. So, yeah, just put something silly on them. You know, it's all just for fun, really. Yeah, and if not fun, then then words that mean something to you, or or even maybe a snippet of conversation that you might have overheard that day. Um, so narrate your sketches. Um, I mean, you could do it in bubble form, you know, like the bubbles you get uh, in like a comic book. You could do it like that, or you could just turn it into more of a journal page and just write a bit about your day or why you chose to draw what you did that day. Um, but like you say, some people worry about their handwriting, and you know, it might spoil their page. Um, And if that sounds like you, then you could um, cut letters from a newspaper. Like you said about cutting words out, you could just cut letters out and then make different words out of the letters. But that's a bit like those letters you see, isn't it? Those kind of murder letters on Miss Marple. (laughs) But you could do that. (laughs) Yes. Or you could try, um, you could try creating some scriptive text using like a dip pen and then just embrace the splodges. Um, One example of this would, of course, be, who am I going to say? Danny Gregory. Yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't mention either Danny Gregory or John Bergman. That's that's been all you today. But yeah, he he uses a dip pen um, to write little snippets of information next to his drawings. And I don't know, it just makes them all the more quirky. And he's got his own style of writing that he's kind of developed. Everything's kind of quite big and swirly. And and if there's ink blots there, it, it doesn't matter. He just leaves them there. I think that's great. And and it's it's not posh calligraphy. It's just quirky. So you could always try that. So how does he do his writing? Is it just just literally handwriting? Yeah, what he does is he... Have you never seen him? Have you never watched any of his videos? Yeah, I've looked at his work, but I just can't think what his writing's like. Yeah, so he he dips his dip pen um, into his ink... Um, and then he, say, for instance, he does a word that starts with S. He does the the top of the S really sort of curly. He does this, like, a few curls and swirls, and then he takes it down to the rest of the S, and then he'll do the rest of the word slightly more normal. Right. But it's just really, I mean, I remember when you created your own font, didn't you? And you did that, was that for Art Journal January, where you kind of, you sort of saying, oh, I didn't like your writing, so you just sort of decided to go with what you didn't like about it and make it something yeah it was yeah it was prior to that and I think I think we've mentioned it before but yeah my writing is so bad and I can I always wanted to get it nice and neat and in one line it would never work 
So I thought, oh, let's just go with the mistakes almost. So I made it even more wonky. And it actually looked deliberate then rather than like I was trying to do something properly and I couldn't. And didn't somebody actually ask you what yeah. font you were using? Because they really didn't, <laughs> yeah. they really liked yeah. it. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I really liked it as well, though. It was, it was really Embrace cool. the mistakes. Exactly. So we've got a few random things now, I think. You could stick two pages together to hide um, bad sketches or make a little pocket so you can slot things in. And I think you you can just do what I did and just slap a bit of coloured paper over the top as well, <laughs> what I did last yeah. night. Um, have you got some more ideas? Well, you could, on that note, um, instead of sticking two bits of paper together, you could actually just stick envelopes onto some of your pages with your double-sided sticky tape, um, which, again, you can use to hold random loose sketches or even motivational quotes or whatever you like. Uh, maybe Cheryl might want to use use something like that to slot in some poems. You could cut things out that inspire you from magazines and stick them in your book or slot them in the envelope. Um, try not to be precious about your sketchbook. And if you do find you're being really precious, then completely forget about buying a good quality sketchbook for now. Buy a really cheap one. If you do want to, you know, use watercolour or, or water or anything on it, just glue a few pages together to make it thicker. And that's Megan Jeffrey, who, was she ever said two, three? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it Yeah, she buys really cheap exercise books. And if she wants to put water or do markers or anything, she just glues a few pages together. So, so do that because then you're not worried about messing anything up. You know, ju- you can just try anything then with, you know, if it's just a pound or two. Um and also, don't worry if you're going to use the edge of your sketchbook just to jot things down. I do that all the time. You know, if you've got to write a number because suddenly somebody rings you, you've got no other paper to hand. It all just sort of adds to it, I think. Yeah, little shopping lists and what sort. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think it, it does add to the interest in the end. Um, you can use elastic bands to secure other random notes to your sketchbook. So, And this is always really handy as well when you're sketching outdoors on a windy day. So, yeah, you just like attach loads of elastic bands to the cover and then you can just stick things under it and in it. And do you know what? The more battered I think a sketchbook becomes, the more interesting it will look in the end. So don't don't be too precious about it. Um, really don't. It's It needs to have looked like it's had a life. If you have got any other ideas, if we haven't waffled enough for you, then um, let us know in the Facebook group. And if you haven't joined that, it's easy to go ahead and join. Just kick in the creators Facebook group or let us know on Instagram. Just quickly, don't forget the very back of the book. I bought um, Paul a Valentine's card. I had it made on, was it Moon Pig or something like that? And um, obviously it, del- it tells you, doesn't it, that you it gives you an option to edit the front cover and then edit the inside and then edit the back. Well, most people don't bother doing the back. But this time I did and, <laughs> and I'd put a little photograph of um, Sherlock who's our dog and his head was on Paul's knee just looking up at him I think Paul must have been eating at the time (laughs) and uh, underneath I'd put the caption and don't forget about me or something like that so and the same applies to a a sketchbook what's quite nice is he didn't actually notice that he he didn't notice it and then a couple of days later Charlie picked it up and said oh I didn't realize you'd put something on the back and Paul said why what's on the back and then he saw it so it was kind of like a little surprise element so you could do the same thing on a sketchbook that's actually quite a good way to get something printed isn't it if you wanted to print a bespoke cover for your sketchbook you could actually go to one of those card companies not not put in a greeting but actually upload your sketch with a cover 
I wonder if you can do that on Vistaprint because they're yeah, but you can't usually get one off. So you know, normally for these things you oh, have no, to have yeah. like you know fifty or a hundred. Whereas if it's a card, you can get one. So you could almost just go up there. It, you don't really want it to be a card. That's a good you idea. Prepare the front and back. There you go. Yeah. You can do that now. You can put me on the front. <laughs> <laughs> that lovely pulling face. Right, we've diverted again, haven't we? Yes. So yeah, basically what we we were saying is. Anyone who has any other ideas, you know, share them with us. Share them on the Facebook group because that's where it's all happening. Okay, so we've got the question that we had last week, which is, what is a favourite piece of art you've ever created and why? And we've got some answers. Do you want to read yours first? I will. And I've only just set eyes on these now, so I haven't had time to read through them. So Gail Armstrong. So she says, two years ago after becoming self-employed, As a creative journaling tutor, I started going to art class. I hadn't drawn or painted much since leaving school 30-odd years earlier. The first class I was given a piece of charcoal and a copy of this photograph and told to draw it. I was so nervous. The room was full of people. I assumed that they were going to be much better than me. As I drew this, it was as though I was watching someone else draw. I really didn't expect to draw anything like this. That day made me realise that I was talented and that I had to continue to draw and paint and I am now selling artwork and illustrations. Actually, now I've just read that out, I, I have seen that before. Um, I saw that on the, um, on the actual, you, you know, the question post we put on the group yeah. and she, with that, I think she put an actual photograph of, of what she'd drawn and it was like a man with a beard yeah. um, in the photograph and she'd drawn it and she'd sort of stuck the two together and, and photographed it. And it was really good. So, good, so yeah. yeah, really lovely. But you do get that thing, don't you? Um, do you find when you draw, so, sometimes hmm. afterwards it, it doesn't feel like it's you drawing it? Well, when it turns out really well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, did I do yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I know that feeling very well. Um, Nick Tay Tay West. Is that right? I think so. Nick Tay Tay West. My favourite changes with every finished commission and it literally lasts only a few minutes. When the client approves a drawing, I think, yes, I succeeded in the challenge. It's all forgotten when the next request comes in. Carolina Newman. Tricky question. I have a house full of sketches, but I think I'm most proud of these two first tries at oil painting. I absolutely love this medium and I can't imagine why on earth I was scared of using it. It's so forgiving. And once again, Carolina, um, I saw hers as well and she did. She put um, two portrait oil paintings, I think, and they were beautiful. So if they were her first tries, I mean, that's just amazing. really is. Faiza Sheikhsada, she says, a sketch I did in the library. I drew someone sitting at the tables. I love it because... I had a long art block and this was one of the first sketches in my brand new empty sketchbook. And secondly, I remember I was completely absorbed in the moment and wasn't thinking about the outcome. It was also one of my first drawings with continuous lines. Continuous lines for me ended up meaning not stopping and thinking, just drawing for pleasure. I've got a few more. So I've got Angela Murphy. I go through spells of loving what I do and hating what I do, seeing mistakes in everything I do. But if I can think of things I've done, I always come back to one piece. I posted before how much I love the work of Sulamith Wolfwolfing, and I attempted her work, The Giant. I love all the intricacies of her work. So my favourite piece of work, unfortunately, a plagiarised piece. That's quite sad, but I still like it. Now, I don't think, I think if you just copy something purely for your own learning and fun, I don't think that is plagiarism. 
No, if, if plagiarism would be if it is if you copied it and then claimed it to be yours, <laughs> wouldn't it? But yeah. she's doing it purely for the fun of it and for the you know educational. Yeah. And I'm sure the artist would be absolutely fine with that. And there is there is nothing wrong with that. And I, I saw that one as well, and it was beautiful. Yeah. So we've also got Shilpa Rajiv. She said, "For me, whatever I created last is the best because." Through practice, I'm learning more techniques and the drawings are getting more refined. So each one is getting better and better. After all, learning is a constant process. Cheryl Martin, don't know if mine counts because my greatest creation is a poem. I'm a poet. I won a competition with with a prompt and the category was The Kiss. She's actually put her poem in the Facebook group if you'd like to read that. And she also says she's only been drawing for eight months, but at Christmas she went to a friend's paint party and they had to paint a nativity scene on wood. She took the worst bumpy piece, as she thought hers would be dreadful, and it wouldn't matter when she did it. But someone in the group actually bought it, which just goes to show you. And I saw, I read her poem. It was absolutely lovely. I'm not surprised at all it, re- it won a competition. Sally Ann Millard, I got into drawing through online challenges since February. I've always been able to draw, but not known just what I should do. A passion has been ignited. I just kept on seeing so many things I want to draw. I'm most proud of Bagpuss so I can't believe I drew, drew him. And she's done a really good drawing of Bagpuss in there. Uh, we have got a couple of late ones. Claire Dunphy, this is the one that came in, I think, last night. When I was 14, I painted a scene from Imagination with lots of people walking by. They were more like stick people. I wasn't really sure about the painting. My art teacher said it was a great impression of a Lawrence Lowry. I had no clue who he was. After researching him and his art in the library, as we had to do then, I felt quite proud of what I'd done. I actually saw this last night. I did see her post it last night and... um... Lowry, I love his stuff. Do you remember the matchstick cats and dogs um, that was in the yeah. charts when we were I was probably in the 70s? I've actually got that on my playlist. Who was that by? <laughs> Can't remember who it was by, but it was about Lowry, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah I really like his stuff. Uh, yeah. Then we've got what, one last one, Savannah Merries. I, I ha- I've been able to draw since I was no age at all. And after I left school a few years ago, I stopped drawing. Until the other day, I drew this off the top of my head. And she's got this like... Uh, photo of a hand that she's drawn i think it's got um, a mouse in the palm of the hand a little last night this morning that was added i think that's it so today's question is how do you get over the fear of the blank page so how do you get over the fear of the blank page as always you can tweet us your answers at kit creatives or let us know in the facebook group which by the way if you haven't already joined i highly recommend you do we will put the question up there and also on the Facebook page and, of course, on Instagram, which is also Kicking the Creatives. And we just want to let you know about the three challenges that we've got coming up for May. What have we got in May at the moment? We have got Miniature May. That is completing and posting one miniature piece of artwork every day throughout the month of May. Um, there are some obviously some rules for that one on size and whatnot, so you can have a look at that on the website. There is also Imagination May. Um, which is we're challenging you to draw something from your imagination every day throughout the month of May. And Quick Kicks May, I think we are doing drawing left-handed. I think the poetry one we'll do a bit later in the year. We will confirm when that's going to be, but I think we've got enough for May. Don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of those creative challenges. Also, if you haven't already signed up for the newsletter, it's well worth doing that because, you know, at the end, towards the end of each month you will get an email that will go into your inbox telling you what are the challenges coming up for the next month and it'll give you the link to where you can read all about those so that's it i think we're done okay see you next time see you soon bye
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. <laughs>